Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. If I mention a particular political candidate or say the words race relations or wear a mask, do you feel a change in your body? Being passionate about something creates change, but how we express that passion can determine whether people feel like we are for them or against them. Scott Sauls has authored five books, and his latest, A Gentle Answer, might be just what we need right now. Scott, thank you so much for joining me. Before we dig into the deep, I would love for people just to get to know you. Who are your people, and what do you love to do, and what do you love to eat, and, you know, whatever you want to share with us today. Sure. Well, I'm a dad to two daughters, uh, Abby and Ellie, age 22 and 18. I'm married to Patty. And we live in Nashville, Tennessee. We've been here for just short of nine years, where I serve as pastor of Christ Presbyterian Church. And uh, we love Nashville. It's home. And and the things we enjoy most here, or I should say used to enjoy, uh, would include live concerts, which are are put on hold uh, for for now Mm -hmm. because of COVID-19. Um, and, uh, you know, we love just going out for restaurants and lots of beautiful hiking trails that we, we, uh, we enjoy as often as we can and and just, you know, time on the back porch with friends. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, before this, we were in New York city and, uh, all for several years. And then before that, we planted a couple of churches in the Midwest. And, and, uh, so it's, I guess, kind of the, the broad brush bio. Where are you from originally? Originally Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. All right. And where did you plant churches in the Midwest? We have a lot of Midwest listeners. Yeah, Kansas City and St. Louis. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, you have this, this great new book out called A Gentle Answer. And mm-hmm. um, boy, I just feel like right now it is so easy to get swept up into this wave of emotion of of all the things that we're passionate about. And that's so great, right? Because it creates change. But I also know that passion can sometimes um, create division and separation from other people who don't quite Mm -hmm. understand where we're coming from. So Mm -hmm. was that the the origin of the book or, or what exactly prompted you to write this particular book for this particular time? Yeah, well, this particular book was actually the idea was conceived about two years ago, and of course, and went through the writing and editing uh, process, and and uh, just released uh, in early June. And what what we're, what we were thinking a couple of years ago was that this was an election year, and things didn't go very well in 2016 in terms of people being unified and, and loving well across the lines of difference. And, you know, maybe we can put something out there that will help move the the needle a little bit in a, in a direction uh, of more charity and, and kindness, uh, especially across differences. And, um, you know, here we are in August and we've just started talking about the election because there's been, so much else that's emerged in especially the American conversation around, you know, race, gender, um, you know, abuses at the workplace and so on. And so there, there's a whole lot of, of uh, angst and division. Uh, and, and I'm, you know, on the one hand, very sad that, <laughs> that, that the book is so timely because all of these things are happening. Um, but I'm also thankful to be able to be part of the conversation, hopefully a fruitful part. Mm-hmm. Do you see the pendulum of kindness swaying more toward um, 
more kindness, more grassroots, more loving compassion between people? Or do you think that's still coming? Yeah, I think, I think um, you know, some recent data that, that, that points to encouraging signs of progress uh, would, would be the, the sudden surge of, popular, of the popularity of Mr. Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, who mm-hmm. was, of course, characteristically gentle. His favorite words were, I like you, uh, you know, a, a, a very well-attended documentary about his life was released a couple of years ago, and then a, a Hollywood film about uh, his, him and his wife starring Tom Hanks. Uh, and I think that, 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 you know, just how well those films were received uh, and how popular he has become again, I think, is a, is a sign of longing that many people are feeling, especially in Western culture, for just a, a different climate that's more characterized by uh, the things that Christians have historically called the fruit of the Spirit, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And, and so I think there's signs. Um, uh, you know, warmth is, you know, youth, youth ministry specialists say that warmth is the new cool. Uh, in other words, you know, young people are really responding as they see their parents, you know, bickering about politics and getting outraged about this or that, uh, and allowing themselves to be discipled by Fox News or CNN instead of by, by Jesus, who's gentle and humble in heart. I think that the kids are drawn to something different than, than what they're witnessing in their parents' generation. Mm-hmm. And, and youth leaders are saying that, that warmth is, is really the thing that is reaching the hearts of kids more than anything else right now. And, and I think it's because the human heart is hungry for, for kindness and, and, and it's been so scarce. But, mm-hmm. but I, I do hope that there's, there's some kind of movement. I, I certainly want to be part of it if there is one. There's a kindness movement around the corner. Me too. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you would say that about kids and warmth because, so I have a 16-year-old daughter, a 14-year-old son, and a 10-year-old son. And I notice it particularly in my 14-year-old son that mm-hmm. um, uh, there were times he'll say to me, Mom, it's just your tone of voice, you know, and, and when mm-hmm. I... Um, I I, and I don't know that I'm that I have any sort of different tone of voice. I'm not angry about anything. I'm not I'm not anything. But maybe I'm in a rush, right? And so I'm mm-hmm. speaking to him faster, more clipped than he's used to. And so it's really interesting. Now in the past year, I've noticed that it's very important for me to smile and be cheerful in my voice when I say "Good morning, Charlie," you know, or you know, "Hey, are you ready to get to school?" or whatever. And and how interesting that kids are picking up on that. Did your daughters have go through something like that? Of uh, just picking up on our irritable nature sometimes. <laughs> yes, yes. Or yeah, just did you have yeah, to have a different yeah. sort of tone with them as teenagers? Yeah, those are those are challenging years, both for the teenager and the parents, um, just because so much is going on developmentally, and their their hearts are, are you know rightly so, and uh, right on time with wanting to become more independent and developing their own ideas and opinions. And, and meanwhile, there's also this, this tornado of, of hormonal changes going on and, and it's sort of the perfect storm, but it, it's also a perfect opportunity for, for parents to practice gentleness and, and to consider what it looks like as their, their kids uh, sort of wean off uh, gradually of, of dependence on mom and dad. Mm-hmm. 
I know that was a tangent, but I just, you're such a wise man. And I thought, ah, I need, I need your two cents on this. I definitely need to hear that. When it comes to intentional kindness, how do we, how do we practice that? Whether it's in our homes or, or in our communities or in our car, when our passion gets turned up, when we get, when we feel that anger arise. Yes. Well, the, the, the premise of the book is that, that we will only be as kind and gentle as we have experienced kindness and gentleness from, from Christ himself and, and also in community, but especially from Christ himself. I mean, he is our resource for these things. You know, you don't, you don't get the fruit of the Spirit by trying to bear fruit. Um, you know, you've, you've never met a branch that, that bears fruit on its own. The branch has to be connected to the root system of the tree. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, you know, Christ says, abide in me and I'll, I abide in you. Uh, and, and when that happens, you'll, you'll bear much fruit. And so, you know, we, we talk a lot in our church in Nashville about, um, you know, if you, if you really want to be like Jesus, you've got to stop trying to be like Jesus and instead take that energy and invest it in being with Jesus because uh, the closer we are to him, the, f- the further we are from being irritable and, 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 and the closer we are to becoming, you know, gentle and humble in heart kinds of people, uh, as he has been for us. But, uh, you know, I think too, that, that we've got to be careful about, and I'm not hearing you do this, but, but, but we have to be careful in general about categorizing all anger as a bad thing because mm-hmm. anger is actually, anger is actually a good emotion if, it, if it's used for good purposes. You know, the Bible says, hate what is evil and cling to what is good. And, and part of clinging to what is good is hating those things and, and, and being angry toward those things that attack the good and that threaten the good. Uh, you know, we see this in Jesus as he gets angry at death in John chapter 11. He's, mm-hmm. he's enraged at death. And then we see him in Luke chapter 7 and the later chapters of Matthew um, getting pretty hot under the collar uh, toward bullying and, and, and stands up very strongly and with anger for, for those who are being bullied by, um, you know, religious power people. And, and so, you know, there, there's a certain kind of anger that the Bible refers to as righteous anger or that we refer to as righteous anger, but the Bible just simply says, be angry, but sin not. In other words, there are reasons to get angry uh, we've just got to make sure that our anger is 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 oriented toward attacking problems instead of attacking people. Mm-hmm. Do you have any specific tips for that that we can put in our toolbox, put in our minds, so that when someone, let's say we're sitting down for a family meal and and the talk of politics comes up and and somebody is just speaking in a way that really is heating us up. You, how do we stop? How do we, how do we get to be with Jesus in that moment? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know, Paul, Paul talks about praying without ceasing, you know, maybe, maybe that's one of those moments where we, Mm -hmm. we say, Lord, you know, Lord, give me the grace to um, be quick to listen and slow to speak here, especially if I feel my blood starting to boil. Um, And, you know, there, there are appropriate moments where we can say, you know, um, what you just said or the way you just said that, I feel like I need some time to process it before I respond and then, Ooh. you know, get away and get quiet and, and circle back later. Um, possibly if you feel like you have to address it or the, the other option is just to say nothing, you know, just to, to let it sit, let whatever is said sit and, 
um, you know, pick your battles, as they say. We'll get back to our conversation with Scott Sauls in just a moment. But first, our kindness call. Hi, my name is Leanne. And when I think about kindness, I think about my grandma Tilly. She was a remarkable woman that gave everything she had. She gave any extra money she had, and she baked, and she had a garden, and anybody that could benefit, she shared. She gave a lot to her family and her neighbors. She is the person I look up to when I think about kindness, because it didn't matter if somebody was mean or um, necessarily not there for her when she needed them. She still gave them whatever she had. So I do that with my family. We bake and share whenever we can. And just to see the smiles on people's faces, um, it brings people together. Uh, Food around a table seems to break barriers and make people happy. So that's what we do to share our kindness is bake and share with others. Did you know you can be on the Kindness Podcast? Call the Kindness Hotline with your story. You can leave us a voicemail at the number in the description of this podcast. Now, back to the show. You know, I have so many great friends who are not Christian. And, um, and you know, in this podcast, there are so many people who are listening who have all different beliefs and viewpoints. And, and while you and I might believe in a particular way, I, I love it when we can give a really tactical advice based on biblical teachings just to everyone. And I feel like that idea of, I need a little time to process that, you know, that, that wording, I haven't had that wording before. And that is, that's good stuff. Is there something in your life, in your history that helped develop gentleness in you other than your time in, in the Bible? Oh, nothing like being married and having children. Uh, for me. Um, and, and the other version of that for people who aren't married is, is to have close friendships and, and to, to stick, for example, with a roommate or with a church, um, uh, when things go sideways. Um, you know, if, if you get into a spat or you experience tension or conflict to, to be very, um, reluctant to hit the eject button, on relationships when they get hard and things like marriage and and having children force that because you're, you're, you're in a covenanted situation where, um, you know, the only escape route is an incredibly costly one. And, and, and so you have, um, you know, great reason to work it out. And, you know, for me personally, uh, 25 years of marriage and 22 years of, of having children has, you know, been God's gracious uh, way of, of putting me into situations where I've had to deal with my own um, relational anxiety, uh, controlling tendencies, self-centeredness, um, and, and tendency to, um, you know, argue too forcefully a point. You know, you, you, you can't do that with people that you're covenanted with, and you, know, you have to you have to figure out a way to, you know, adopt more defusing behavior rather than throwing fuel onto the fire. And and so I would say any kind of covenanted relationship, whether it's, it's a marriage or whether it's having kids or whether it's, you know, make, you know, signing a three-year lease with a roommate, um, 
you know, where you're really living life together or just getting in close, tight-knit community, especially with people who have different perspectives than you do and different experiences can be um, agitatingly fruitful um, <laughs> in, in, in producing gentleness, right? I mean, you think about yeah. how fruit happens. You've got to prune the plant. Uh, you've got to beat the soil up. And, and um, you know, a lot of violent things have to happen to, to a fruit tree mm-hmm. uh, between the pruning and the tilling of the soil um, and flooding it with water. You know, a, a lot of things that really, if a tree had feelings, w- would feel assaulted. Um, and yet it's those things that condition the tree to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. And the fruit of gentleness, I think, works the same way. Mm-hmm. What would you say to people who consider gentleness a weakness? Uh, I would, I would say that there, there certainly are, um, dysfunctional forms of gentleness or dis, this, I should say dysfunctional imitations of gentleness that, 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 that are, uh, I, I don't know if I'd call them weak as much as I would call them unhealthy, mm. like being willing to be a doormat, uh, or, uh, not holding bullies accountable for bullying, um, you know, you, it's really important to stand up to people who are causing injury. Um, you know, so it's, but that's not really the fruit of gentleness. But the fruit of gentleness is actually a, a great exercise of power. Think about the power of self-restraint, which is one of the greatest powers there is, the power of self-restraint. Think about the power that Jesus had to exercise in order to respond gently from the cross. Uh, to pray things like, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Or to say to the thief on the cross, who had just been insulting him a few moments earlier, uh, today you will be with me in paradise. Or to, or to call Judas friend, uh, as Judas is in the act of betraying him. Or to restore the ear of Malchus, the, 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 the man who was part of the group of people who were going to take Jesus to be crucified after Peter knocked Malchus's ear off. Um, it takes great restraint um, for Jesus not to retaliate, uh, but instead to to you know exert the strength of self-restraint. Uh, I, I would say the most out of control, weakest people in the world are the are the ones who don't have any control over their temper. Uh, a person who cannot control their temper is an incredibly weak person. Uh, a person who has the power of self-restraint that leads to gentleness and humility is one of the most powerful people in the world. And we've got the person and work of Jesus Christ to prove that. Mm-hmm. I like to ask people about a favorite kindness story. And I would imagine um, that having served as a senior pastor and serving as a senior pastor, you have done countless acts of kindness for other people. Uh, but I'm wondering if there's one that sticks out that either you did for someone else that just really mattered to you or a time when kindness showed up just when you needed it? Uh, I'm going to say Tim Keller. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about somebody else's kindness instead of my own. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim, um, you know, I, I got to work with Tim for about five years. Uh, Tim's a pastor in New York City, very fruitful, faithful, influential pastor of our time, and um, has a very public um, ministry uh, that, that God has given him and open doors for and with a very public ministry often comes criticism including unfair criticism uh from 
all kinds of directions from within your own church or your own tribe and also from, from, from the outside. And in five years, um, I never once witnessed Tim speaking badly about another person, either to their face or behind their back. I, I never witnessed him getting defensive uh, or snippy, uh, even if he was, you know, something unfair was being said about him. Uh, uh, and what he would do instead, even with unfair criticism, and it's not like he was being criticized all the time, but in those rare occasions where, you know, you, you got to witness him work through criticism, um, he, he would always, the first question he would always ask is, is there a kernel of truth uh, in what, you know, my critics or my critic is saying that I can learn from and use as an opportunity to, to repre- repent in a fresh way to the Lord and receive the Lord's grace in a fresh way? And, and to me, that was a remarkable, you know, response when, when you know, especially people like him with such stature and influence and social power and moxie, um, who don't have to respond with humility do. And, mm-hmm. and, um, in many ways, you know, Tim resembled a, uh, a certain picture, a, a smaller, a miniature picture of, of how Christ is described in Philippians two, where it says, you know, that, that though he was equal with God, he didn't consider equality with God to be grasped, but made himself nothing, took on the nature of a servant. I, I, I saw that spirit uh, manifest through Tim um, many times. And, and there are other stories I tell about Tim in the book that I'll just, you know, let your listeners decide whether or not they want to read the book. But, mm-hmm. but um, I would say Tim is a, a great example for me. Well, I think you've really challenged me today, too, because I I love that posture of humility. Is there a kernel of truth in that? Um, you know, and, and also to be the person, because I have known people like that, too, and I'm sure that there are listeners have, too, where they've known someone who doesn't say anything bad about other people. And, you know, even mm-hmm. when you're complaining about, oh, you know, I... It could be the mailman who, you know, didn't deliver, delivered the wrong thing or whatever, anything, anything. But to have have our words just be so precious that each one of them matters and is kind. That's a that's a great challenge for me. Thank you for that. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> Scott, thank you so much for your book, A Gentle Answer. And um, thank you for your time, being so generous with your time today and, and talking with us here on The Kindness Podcast. My pleasure. It's great being with you. That was a conversation with author and senior pastor Scott Sauls. His new book, A Gentle Answer, is out now. Find Scott on his website at scottsauls.com.